eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten wrong with yet? Good morning. Afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, trying to battle technology time. Hopefully, won this battle time. I'll never win the war time. That's okay, because right now Tennessee's undefeated in football time, and everybody's pretty happy time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Govals 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio on a sunny uh, crisp, I, I would say crisp, late October afternoon, just a couple miles away from Neyland Stadium, where in just a couple of days, the third-ranked Tennessee Volunteers will host number 14 in the FCS polls, UT Martin, the Skyhawks, coming to Neyland for homecoming, a noon Eastern game. SEC Network has the call. We're going to have a preview edition, sort of like normal for Friday, I think, where we'll probably do a pregame show quickly and then combine it with a mailbag because we're kind of overdue for one of those so we'll probably do that on friday but for now uh, we're gonna have a regular thursday podcast where a lot of things are up for discussion and and to do that let's go over to the place we have not named yet speaking of discussion get to uh, ben mckee's house get to ben mckee ben or what's up my man how's it going wes i i think we need to to steal ryan's nickname I'm, i'm not too familiar with uh, how Ryan and his wife have have set up things to to take care of their children while they work, but my my house is truly a daycare center, truly a daycare center throughout the week. So I uh, may have to steal Ryan's nickname uh, for for my location for the pod. Yeah, we, we've got we've got Hank downstairs right now. Uh, we're, we're not putting him into daycare officially until he gets through that second surgery, you know, and recovers from it. He hasn't in about five five six weeks, something like that, and then he'll he'll. We recover from it and then, you know, knock on wood, everything's good and go to, to daycare then. But until then, right now, our, the, the, the nanny is uh, out of town this week. And so it, it's been sort of my wife and I passing him back and forth to each other throughout the day. Uh, and then her either being at her office, which is not here, or her, her office, which is here, me and my office, which is here. And we're, it's like both of us are having to miss things. So it's like whose thing is more important. Uh, and so that's usually how it goes. And then the other person takes Hank, who has decided after sleeping great for the past three weeks, he's like, I guess he's really into football season because he's too excited and he just won't sleep at night now. He's getting up every couple hours. So 
good times, man. Good times. It's uh, parenthood, right? Yes, it, it is thrilling times. My wife went back to work this week, so <laughs> that has been quite the adjustment for me. But all is well. We, yes. We've got a healthy baby, and that that's all I really care about. And we, we've got a snooze fest this week at, at noon inside of Neyland Stadium, West. But, but my question is – Shouldn't we be referring to UT Martin the same way that Dan Mullen referred to UT Chattanooga? UT Chattanooga. I know Martin's not as long of a a word or name as Chattanooga, but I I don't know. Every time I've said UT Martin in my head this week, I've kind of said it in my Dan Mullen voice, UT Martin. And the the funny thing about that is that as someone who used to cover uh, Chattanooga – is that you know they're both in the UT system, right? UT Martin is, is UT Martin, UT Chattanooga is UT Chattanooga, mm-hmm. but but UT Chattanooga does not like being called UT Chattanooga. It used to be its own school back in the day until the University of Tennessee sort of swallowed it up, and uh, there's still some bitterness there in that area uh, from, from around that school about sort of being under the University of Tennessee tent. So they try to just call themselves uh, Chattanooga, whereas UT Martin, which is approximately 19 hours away from Knoxville, uh, is happy to have association with the University of Tennessee. You know, they don't sit there and say, we're just Martin, we're just Martin. So uh, that, that really funny Dan Mullen quote irritated a lot of people for a couple reasons down there. One was that he said, UT Chattanooga. They would have preferred him just to say Chattanooga. So uh, fun times there. But but this is, uh, and UT Martin, the, the through line there is that UT Martin is coached by Jason Simpson, who a lot of people know as the father of Ty Simpson, the Alabama freshman quarterback who Tennessee tried to recruit. Uh, recruited hard, did not get. Um, before that, he was the offensive coordinator at Chattanooga when I covered them. So I know this, Ben. I don't know – I don't think that Martin's going to have too many weapons who are going to give Tennessee a lot of problems. But I will say this. Jason Simpson has always been a really good offensive coach. His team had, what, like 691 yards of offense against an FCS team last week. He will know areas where Tennessee can be exposed, and he will draw up things designed to expose that. I just don't know how many times they're going to have the athletes to do it, but I guess that's why we wait and watch the game, right? I agree with you. I I would be stunned if if this game is at all competitive past – the midway point of the first quarter, I mean, Tennessee should be up two, three, four touchdowns by the time the, the first 15 minutes have been played. And uh, it, this game's all about Tennessee. We, we talked about it when, when Tennessee played Akron. Th- this game is all about Tennessee. And and I think the, the big thing this week, aside from staying healthy, but there's nothing or there's not a ton that you can do to avoid an injury. It's football. Injuries are going to happen. Uh, whether you like it to or or not, uh, and obviously you you can help yourself by not playing guys like Hinton Hooker a ton, limit his snaps. Uh, but aside from just Hinton barely playing, he, he's going to play, and you just hope that within those plays that he does play, that he doesn't suffer a, a major injury like Cedric Tillman did. So obviously you want to exit this game healthy, Wes. But I think the more important aspect of this football game is getting some young guys some playing time all across the board uh, offensively just just to get some guys who haven't played this year uh let, let them get their toes wet uh, obviously there, there's not going to be guys that are going to have to step up and, and play a ton this year on offense and, unless there's a rash of injuries like you look along the offensive line and the receivers and the running backs i mean you kind of know the 
13, 14, 15 guys that are going to play on offense this year for Tennessee unless injuries start to pop up. So this is a perfect game to get a Chaz Nimrod who is recovered from his foot ordeal that he was dealing with. Let him get some playing time this week. Let Caleb Webb get some playing time. All of those offensive linemen that are going to redshirt, Mo Clipper, Addison Nichols, Brian Grant, let them play. Uh, Taven Jackson, let, let him have the entire fourth quarter or, or a quarter and a half. Uh, th- this is the game to get those guys true playing time. Miles Campbell, I know he's not a true freshman, but let him get out there and, and, and see what he can do. And then on the flip side of that, I think it's more important for the defense because with what the, the situation is in the secondary, you can throw Andre Turrentine out there and, and maybe see what you have in him. And, and he's probably not going to do anything in this particular game to to garner serious playing time moving forward because if he does play well, you do have to keep in the back of your mind that it is UT Martin. But who who's to say that somebody's not going to – do something that attracts the coach's eye, and then they do try them out uh, against Kentucky or uh, even further down the road against Missouri, Vanderbilt. So given the situation, the secondary, it's not as pertinent as it is the defensive line and the linebackers, in my opinion. But Andre Turrentine, Christian Harrison, uh, maybe moving Wesley Walker around a little bit more. Those younger guys, play them and and see what you got, and and who knows, maybe they can help you on the back end of the season. Yeah, I would say I agree with that. I also think that even if Danico Slaughter, Slaughter starts again, he needs to stay out there and get more reps because he, he just needs the reps. Um, but I, I agree with you. I, I think you take this game as seriously as normal because it's important to have a routine, and I think you stick with that routine going into the game. In the back of your mind, you might be thinking, okay, let's let's run this thing up early and let's 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 get some guys some reps. I think you treat it seriously as you can for, for, for an appropriate amount of time, and that'll be up for them to decide. Because uh, you could have a hangover from the Alabama game. You could come out a little sloppy. These things happen. Um, but I, I think the obvious thing is that you don't want to get Hendon Hooker hurt. Of course, the other side of it is he is contention for a Heisman Trophy, and if you can get him some extra numbers, that's not such a bad thing. So that that's kind of a push-and-pull situation there, and – and people who say otherwise, I think, are a little bit naive. I think it very much is a situation now. But um, and it's one Tennessee hadn't had in a long time. But but it's one that you're in now. But I, I think beyond Hendon Hooker, who obviously you don't want to get hurt, I would give the ball as infrequently as possible to Jabari Small and Jalen Wright in this game. Uh, if that means you throw more, that's fine. If that means that you let the two freshman backs get a lot of the carries. That's fine. Uh, if that means you you throw some some walk-ons in there to give them some carries, that's fine. I would just hate to see in a game like this. I, I would hate to see like a, a right or a small go down because Tennessee's only got the four healthy scholarship running backs, and as important as Hendon Hooker is to everything Tennessee does, the, the the depth situation at quarterback is better than it is at running back, so to speak. So I think that I would be careful with those two top running backs as much as I would Hooker, but that's just me. I'm with you. I, I wouldn't play Jabari Small at all. I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, he, you saw him against Alabama take two hits, I believe, in which he kind of had to come off the, the field slowly. There, there's just no need to play him against UT Martin. Uh, Jalen Wright was the best running back on, on Saturday against Alabama. What, what he did was tremendous. I've written about kind of some underlying stats that he had twice that, that's up on the the site in in my rewatch takeaways mm-hmm. and my stock there. report. It's good stuff. There. He, he was really good 
in, in terms of running after contact and forcing missed tackles and had three rushes of 10 or more yards, which is really good for a running back. And go back and watch that last full offensive possession for Tennessee, the one in which they tied the game at 49 with the touchdown. Jalen Wright had some big runs. So I, I, don't, I don't really want to have this conversation because I am a fan of Jabari Small. But if Jalen Wright can can solve the fumbling yeah, issue. Hang, hang on to the damn ball. Yes. I mean, he almost fumbled. He's fumbled. He did fumble if they just didn't call it fumble. Yes. Yes, that, that's what I was about to say is that he's fumbled in every game but one this season, and that was the Akron game, if I remember correctly. He fumbled at LSU, and the ball bounced out of bounds. And then, as you said, he fumbled against Alabama, but he, his knee wasn't down, but the, the referee blew his whistle for forward progress. So uh, Jalen got lucky there. If he can sure up that issue, he might be Tennessee's best running back. I, I think Tennessee has a really nice one-two punch with Jabari Small. He, he's going to get you the tough yards, and I thought he looked good against Alabama. But you, you just always have to be concerned with his shoulder. So you, you can hand the ball off to Jalen Wright 10, 15 times and then bring in the two freshmen, as, as you said, Dylan Sampson and, and Justin Williams-Thomas. Uh, so I, I wouldn't play Jabari Small at all. I, I am curious to see how they handle the Hendon Hooker situation. I, I think a quarter and a half to the entire first half, though, should be good enough to to get him three or four touchdowns. I, I, or, or I, yeah, so, I, I'd play him a half. I, I think I, I think at least a half. Is, I think you give your starters at least a half. That's what I think. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Now there are some starters like Jabari Small that I just would not even <laughs> touch. I, I wouldn't even play Jabari Small. Um, but Hendon Hooker, it, it is a fascinating situation and you kind of look ahead the rest of the season outside of Georgia he's going to put up numbers the rest of the way Uh, maybe Kentucky I I would not be totally surprised if Kentucky was able to to hold Hendon in check because Stoops and that defense is is really good year in and year out now I don't expect that to happen I still expect Hendon to have a big game Uh, but you you look at the schedule and all the tough games the, the really tough games are out of the way so I'll be curious to see how they handle uh, the numbers situation and as it relates to a Heisman conversation. I, I can tell you what they, they're going to say and what they are going to do. Uh, that is Hendon Hooker and Josh Heupel. And Wes, you know this as well as anybody else. I'm, I'm not breaking any news here. They're going to tell you that they could care less about the Heisman Trophy. And they're here to win the football game. And, and Hendon Hooker will lead that charge. And, and he will do whatever it takes to make sure Tennessee is playing in Atlanta, and that is the goal for this football team. So I, I, I think that's a good thing, that they're not going to make decisions based off of uh, the Heisman Trophy. And, and to me, if you go out and win the way that they've done through these first six games, all those other things take care of themselves. You're, you're 6-0 and with wins over Pittsburgh and LSU on the road. You, you've got wins over Florida and Alabama at home, and all four of those teams have been ranked. You're 6-0 and with your toughest games out of the way, and, and you know the result of winning? Hendon Hooker is the Heisman frontrunner. Jalen Hyatt has been added to the Bolitnikoff Award watch list. Uh, Josh Heupel has been added to the uh, – the, 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 I'm forgetting the name of it, but the Coach of, Coach of the Year Award, yes. uh, Georgia Tech guy. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, Bobby Dodd. Yes, thank you. Uh, Josh Heupel has been added to that, and that's just a, a few. I, all week long we've seen – players on this team added to midseason award watch list and the offensive line which I think is the best one uh, they, they've been added to the to the midseason Joe Moore award which the Joe Moore award 
is given to the best offensive line in college football. And, and go look at the teams that have won the Joe Moore Award. They have really successful football teams that year. So uh, I don't think Hendon and Heupel are at all going to do anything based off the Heisman conversation and, and trying to win him a Heisman because they know if you just go out there and win and, and play like you're not playing for the Heisman, all of that is going to take care of itself. Yeah, well, we'll see if, if Kentucky's defense next week is able to slow down Tennessee a little bit. I'm still very skeptical of that because last season Tennessee's offense was not quite as good as it is this season, and Hendon Hooker completed 75% of his passes for 316 yards and four touchdowns last season against Kentucky. And, and Tennessee's both running backs ran for at least seven yards a carry. I, I, I'm not convinced that, that the Kentucky defense – will be able to to slow down Tennessee that much. And even if it does, I'm not convinced Kentucky can 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 score enough to outscore Tennessee, which is why I think, especially at Neyland at night. So I'm not I've not been dismissive of that game, but I think a lot of people who are talking about it as I think they're I think they're pushing it a little bit. I, I'm I, Tennessee needs to be aware, obviously, but I'm I'm no I don't think there's any fear factor or, or timid factor there whatsoever. No. If you go in there and respect them, I think you win that game. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I, I guess my whole point is Georgia is obviously the game remaining on the schedule. Yep. And the only way you catch an L outside of, of Georgia is if you have a slip-up. And, and I think the only team capable of slipping Tennessee up is Kentucky. I, I would be absolutely stunned if South Carolina, Vanderbilt, or Missouri – were able to catch this Tennessee football team slipping. I think the only one that might be capable, and I don't think this is going to happen at all. I think Tennessee beats Kentucky by double digits. I, I, I think that is just because of what Stoops has built up over the years. That could be the only maybe trap game. And, and yeah, but again, you're, you said so you're, it you're, so you're, they, you're, They'll come in and respect them. So you're not concerned enough or much about you know going to – on the road to play a South Carolina team, you embarrassed last year, a team that is not as good as Tennessee, but a team that has some momentum, a team that has a coach who we think is silly, but they, they really like, and, and a guy who they're, they're playing hard for, and that, that can be a, a loud place to play a little bit. So, I mean, Tennessee's got to go out there and take care of business. But that, that lends itself right back to, you know, this game, which is, you know, go out there, take it seriously, um, but then rest up, right? Go. The motivation is to go out there and take care of business as quickly as you can um, because I, I've always been a believer that if you play timidly or if you play with one foot, kind of if you, if you ease off the accelerator, that's when you get hurt. That's when bad things happen. I think you go out there and take the game seriously, uh, treat it like it's Florida or Alabama or Georgia, and, and go out there and play your nuts off for, for, for until the coach takes you out of the game. Um, and and that, that's the, the other question I have and it's an interesting one, but I think we'll save it for the second segment, is I'm not sure exactly what you do with Cedric Tillman. I think there's at least some fair discussion to be had there. So I think there's some talk about uh, Tennessee's defense that we'll get to, some talk about uh, Tillman, some talk about other things. But before we do that, let's step away for just a second, pay some bills, listen to some products, services, in-house ads, et cetera, and then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ben McKee coming to you from Ben McKee's house, which needs a name, but for now it's still just Ben McKee's. Uh, we can't call it Home Daycare Center because that's already Ryan's. I don't know. Uh, we still can't because Ben objects. We can't call it Ben's Puberty Palace. We have all kinds of great names, none of which we can say on the air in this family-friendly show, but we will find something, and eventually it will stick. Regardless, we're sitting here coming to you on, on a beautiful, sunny Thursday afternoon here in Knoxville, Tennessee, where where things are going pretty well for Tennessee right now. The third-ranked Vols are undefeated. They are having going into a game Saturday against UT Martin, which they will be expected to take care of uh, with ease. It's homecoming, noon Eastern, SEC Network. Uh, lots to discuss about that game before we get out of here, but before we do that, uh, just a quick polite request from our end. If you could take about a minute out of your day, you know, 60 seconds, 75 seconds, 90 seconds tops, and go in there and subscribe to this podcast and rate and review this podcast, we really would appreciate it. If you're just listening on the website right there, GoVols247.com, that's fine. We love you. There's no wrong way to consume the GoVols247 podcast. But what really, really, really helps us out is if you go in there and subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find this GoVoss 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. It's a labor of love, practically no complaints from our end. But since we do it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask. Go on there, subscribe, rate, and review, which y'all have been doing because the numbers this, this month, guys, they are going up. They are going up big time, and thank you. Thank you, thank you for being a part of that. So uh, please subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, uh, tell people that you see at church, tell people you see playing golf, tell people you see walking your dog, tell people you tell your neighbors, uh, tell just anyone around you who's wearing orange, even if they're not your friend. Be like, hey, you want to be my friend? We both like Tennessee. That's pretty cool. And, and I am going to extend an olive branch by telling you about the GoVols 24-7 podcast, and then maybe you'll make a friend for life. Maybe you'll meet your future spouse. Maybe your life will change forever because you approach someone 
and offered the icebreaker of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. If you're already doing all those things, thank you. We love you. If not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Ben, back to business. Cedric Tillman apparently is practicing some this week, is feeling better. Uh, Would you run the risk? How healthy would he need to be for you to want to give him a few reps in this game so he's not going in uh, sort of cold turkey or however you want to put it next week against Kentucky? Or do you say, you know what, it's not worth it, we'll get you the reps you want in practice, where you also could get hurt in practice. So I don't know that there's really a a 100% way to do this, but how healthy would he need to be for you to want to let him knock off some rust in this game? I would not play Cedric Tillman at all. Uh, Even if he is 100% healthy, I would not play Cedric Tillman. I I just – I, I see the great benefit in him having an extra week off. And it, I, I understand the whole, okay, well, let him knock off some rust. I, I think I brought that up on, on the Monday podcast that we did. I, I could certainly see them wanting to, to get him out there and, and knock that rust off. But I don't think that Cedric Tillman's going to have rust. He, he's Cedric Tillman. He's one of the best receivers in all of college football. He's a veteran. I've heard Jason Swain talk for years how Coach Fulmer had that type of trust in Swain when Swain was dealing yeah. with his high ankle sprain, yep. which I, I don't uh, – we'd have to sit Cedric and, and Jason down and, and let them swap notes on their ankle injury to see how, how their individual – Are you talking about the one where Swain stepped in like a divot in the practice field? Or there was like a little – there was a piece of grass or something missing or something wrong with a part of the practice field, and he stepped on it wrong. And then was that, was that the injury or was that his foot? I, I don't know. I just know that he dealt with a high ankle sprain his senior year, and he, he had to tap out against Alabama because he couldn't, couldn't run or cut or do anything. He, he says that he was hurting his team by being out there, and, and, and it's something that he dealt with all throughout his senior season. It, it's an injury that still bothers him to this day. I, I've seen him yeah. limping around. And having to go get it checked out and whatnot, he he truly sacrificed his body for Tennessee football uh, because it still bothers him to this day, fifteen years later. So, uh, I I've, my point is that these high ankle sprains are no joke, and even if you have the tightrope surgery to help speed up the process, it's still very risky trying to come back a, ahead of the timeline. And I just don't see the use for potentially risking the rest of the season that Cedric Tillman has over UT Martin. You don't need him. And he's not a a youngster. He's not a freshman or a sophomore. He is a, a senior who has proven himself time and time again. And and that's why I talk about the trust that coach Fulmer had in Swain when Swain was dealing with his ankle injury. Swain didn't practice at all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Leading up to the game, came out, and, and came out, play. and stretched. Came out and stretched while we were all out there in the media, and then his ass went back inside. As soon as they were done, as soon as Correct. we left, he went and, back in. And Coach Fulmer did not care one bit because he knew that Swain would be ready to play on Saturday. In, in terms of not not just physically, but mentally, and all the nuanced details of understanding the, the the playbook and the game plan, and making sure that his routes were were still going to be nice and crisp. I would assume that Josh Heupel still has that type of trust in Cedric Tillman uh, as a veteran. Tillman should be able to play against Kentucky without playing this week and not having, not needing a game to knock off the rust. And uh, also, you saw what he did against Kentucky last year. Uh, Kentucky's defensive backs, they're, they're not bad, but they're not going to be defensive backs that 
frighten Tillman or, or Tennessee. So I would not play him this week just because I – and obviously I don't know all the minute details that, that Tennessee and, and Tillman do, but I just don't – I don't see the risk. I don't see the reward for risking him maybe coming back earlier than he should just for UT Martin, just for the sake of knocking rust off. Yeah, my only point of contention there, and it's again, it, it's it, it, I, I don't. This isn't even really a take because we we don't have the information that would help us make the most informed decision here, which is how healthy is that ankle? We don't know. To me, though, to me, if you look at that ankle, if you scan it, if you test it, if he feels right. I probably would play him a little bit in this game, and the reason why, there's a couple reasons for it. One, I 1,000% agree that uh, when, when you had the, the offense Tennessee used to run, uh, when, when, when Swain was there playing for Fulmer, they, they weren't going frenetic tempo. It, it was a little bit different. Um, Tennessee's offense, when you look at how much the receivers have to run, it's really fortunate for Tennessee that it's – Scoring drives are kind of like punk rock albums that only, you know, with songs that are like two minutes long. That, that It's like a Misfits album. That's what Tennessee scoring drives are, like 158, 149, 213. It's good for Tennessee's receivers that it's like that because those jokers are sprinting the entire time. They are They go at a frenetic pace. They got to get back to the line in time for the next play to be run, which, you know, sometimes if they run a 30 or 40-yard route downfield, they just tap out and the next guy comes in and they have a system but there's no substitution for football shape. Uh, you kind of have to play football to be in football shape. And as fast as Tennessee goes, I would at least think about getting some rust off of that and letting him play a little bit in this game if he's healthy. If there's any question whatsoever about the ankle, if you see like the tiniest bit of inflammation, no, no, he doesn't play at all. If, however, it looks good, I'd probably give him some some reps because I would want him to get back into the mode of getting in shape to play because Kentucky could be one of those games. Look at last year's game, 45-42. This, every game Tennessee plays against a decent opponent, both teams could score in the 40s. So you're going to have to have a guy who can play for as many reps as he can in that game. So I would probably think about it if they feel like that ankle's ready. But if it's not ready, no chance. If it's not ready, no chance. If there's any question, sit him down. But – when he talks about him being out there practice looking pretty good, it's not like he's saying those things just to say them. It's UT Martin week. It's not like he's trying to put off the Skyhawks. He's just, I think he's, well, he also said him last week. He did, but I think you're playing Alabama. It's different because you, Alabama's got to think about it a little bit. Whereas UT Martin, it's like, does their scouting report change? They can't cover Ramel Keaton either. What's, what's the difference probably. But I, I, I just wonder, and really Alabama couldn't cover Keaton either. They just missed him for a couple of big touchdowns. So they're going to be okay. I, I just I'm thinking about Tillman in the long term. I think there's actually good arguments to be made both ways, and that's what makes podcasts and that's what makes talking season fun. Is that Tennessee has to sit there and say UT Martin, UT Martin, UT Martin. Whereas the rest of us, we can talk about whatever we want. We can talk about the big picture. It has no impact. We're not going to jinx this game. We're not going to jinx anything. We're sitting here talking about what's best for Tillman and for Tennessee in the long run. And I think it's at least a fair question. But defensively. Defensively, however, in this game, if I could get my first-team defense to get out there and get a few stops early, I might just say, screw it, they feel good. Take them off the field right now. Take them off the field right now. Let them get a few stops. Let them feel pretty good. Uh, Let them get a rhythm, get a sweat going, and then get them the hell out of the game. Because if you can give them confidence right now, 
I think that would help a lot because the last couple plays of that Alabama game, for them on defense, Ben, they were lucky. They were lucky. They, 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 Jameer Gibbs was wide open, and it was a pass thrown, like, what, seven, eight yards in the air? Right there, hit him in stride. He just dropped it, and he was matched up against Dominic Bailey one-on-one in coverage. I think we know how that was going to go. Um, that was bad. Uh, that was – people – if I'm Alabama, i probably run on that play – but if you're going to call a pass, that's exactly the kind of pass you want to call because you spread the field out. You've gotten a defensive end who's kind of a more of a three-tech almost at times anyway, uh, body-wise, matched up one-on-one with one of the five best offensive players in college football. Great, great, great play call. Just didn't work. The next play, right? the next play, the third and ten, you had, you had William Wright, Ben, a walk-on, going one-on-one against uh, Jermaine Burton, who you know maybe he didn't want to – maybe he gave him a little space because he didn't want to get punched. But basically, Burton gets him off the line. And if Bryce Young has a split second longer to throw, that is a touchdown because he throws it right on the money, and I bet Burton catches it. Um, but he got rushed a little bit, half second off maybe, just wasn't able to, to get the throw off accurately and in time. But those last two plays, um, Tennessee's defense got lucky. It just did. Let's just call it what it is. I think even Omari Thomas said it after the game. He said there were a few times in that game where – Tennessee just got lucky. The Bama didn't make a play that was there. So, Ben, if I could get this team feeling good defensively after like three or four possessions, I'd get them the hell off the field. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I just – the Akron game would live in the back of my mind if I'm Josh Heifel in the sense of Tillman was out there and then you – and, of course, in hindsight – what does it matter? Without Cedric Tillman, Tennessee still put up 38 points against Florida, 40 against LSU, and 52 on Alabama, which is just absolutely absurd to, to think about. I think yeah. you said it was like 43 and a half points per game in it's, in those three games, which doing that without Cedric Tillman is exactly crazy. So that, that would live in the, the back of my head. Yes, you put up all those points without Tillman, but you still want Tillman out there. He's one of the best receivers in in football, and uh, who knows? Maybe the game goes a different way against Georgia if uh, somebody like Tillman gets hurt in this game and can't play, and that's the reason you don't make it to Atlanta. So I'm I'm treating this like a bye week uh, of sorts. I'm not communicating that with the players per se because you don't want them to – to be lacking the the mental intensity because that that really is when you get hurt when when you're not lacking uh, or when you don't have uh, the, the mental intensity to go out there and play football the way that it's played that is when you do get hurt more often than not so uh, I'm not communicating that I'm treating it like a bye week to the players because I don't want them to to not be prepared mentally for the football game but I, I don't care when it is if if it's twenty eight nothing thirty five nothing. I'm starting to pull guys. I'm pulling Hendon Hooker. Look, Joe Milton's probably going to be the the opening day starter next year at quarterback. Let let him go play. Uh, let, let's get Dylan Sampson some run and, and try to get him some work in pass protection. Let, let's see what some of these reserve offensive linemen have. Let, let's see. I mentioned Chaz Nimrod and, and Caleb Webb earlier. Let's see what Walker Merrill has. I, I thought he was going to play far more than he yeah, has played this season. Agreed. He had a good camp. Uh, and, and he, had, he had a good summer and a good camp. Yeah, let, and I, I think one that they really need to figure things out with is Miles Campbell. Technically, Jacob Warren can come back next year, and, and I think that he will. I would be surprised yeah. if, if he did not. 
but they, they, they're going to need a, a tight end to kind of bridge the gap uh, between Ethan Davis, who is the senior in high school, but he just had labrum surgery. So how, how healthy and how ready is he going to be by next season to contribute? Uh, and then the Jonathan Eccles kid down at IMG, the big five-star, I mean, you, you've still got a while before he gets to campus. So can Miles Campbell step up and bridge the gap until those two younger, talented tight ends are, are ready to play? I, I think this is the perfect game to let Miles Campbell get in there and get his feet wet. And, you know, Princeton fan, Jacob Warren, they play the first quarter, quarter and a half, two, two quarters. Uh, they, they still kind of maintain that rhythm that they built this season. But it's also somewhat of a bye week because they're not going to be taking as as many hits uh, as if it were a normal football game. So that's the approach that I would take. I, I, there's just no need to, to risk injury. Uh, and it's it's more of a talking point than I think people realize because last season, and I would say even against Akron and, and the opener against Ball State, guys have been in there far longer than they should. It, I don't know that it's necessarily been as notable as noticeable this season, but I remember last year when it's like the fourth quarter – with three, five minutes left in the game, and Hinton Hooker's still in, in the game, in, in which he should not be. So I, I think it's just absolutely critical that you, you get some younger guys in for the sake of getting them some experience and, and then just lessening the amount of hits that, that your starters take because, uh, again, you, you don't want one injury uh, on the defensive side of the ball because w- what if it was Byron Young that got hurt instead of Cedric Tillman? The offense proved that they did not miss Tillman <laughs> in terms of, the production that they were still able to to produce. Byron Young has been critical to the defense against LSU, against Florida, against Alabama. What if he's the one that twisted his ankle against Akron and, and wasn't able to play? Do they beat Florida? Because Byron Young was getting pressure on Anthony Richardson when they were trying to march down the field and score on that final possession. And then he was beating up on Bryce Young all day as well. So you don't want a guy like Byron Young to get hurt and him miss – the the month of November and that be the reason you don't go to Atlanta. Yeah, I've had this conversation before, and and not within the past year or so, but but er, earlier on, and I think Rick Barnes still does this. It's a different sport, obviously, but there are times where he keeps his main guys in for late in games too. And I've talked to him about it before, and before he's told me that it's not any intention of of trying to run up a score or fear that the other team will come back, as much as it is with him sometimes keeping the guys in shape because you play a couple games a week and sometimes you're going to need your starters to play 30 plus minutes and you want them to stay in shape to do that because uh, it's like I was listening to you know Booger McFarland not long ago talk about why he lifted weights during the season because he said if you don't you don't use it you lose it and, and so that's why as much as his body was hurting he had to go out there and lift weights in his mind during a season because it kept him strong and, and what I like about Heupel and his staff there's a lot of things I like about what they've done but I love that they do not operate out of fear. Now, there's a difference between not operating out of fear and being crazy or stupid. Like, the, there's a line there. And, and I don't mind pushing that line, but I don't like obviously stepping over it. I, I like the fact that to do what Tennessee does, you have to be in – I can't stress this enough – what kind of shape you have to be in to play for this football team. Because of the rate they go offensively, there are more snaps – per game in Tennessee games than there are in other games. And you're going at a faster pace between that. And that also affects the defense because they're playing more snaps than they would in a game. And and so you you have to be 
in great shape to play anywhere in college football. But to play the way Tennessee plays it, like I I bet their offseason conditioning, I can see why they try to make it fun because if not, dude, you'd be miserable with how much they have to run. And, and it, it, it does it, – it, there's, there's reasons, I think, why you play guys at least a half because you want them to stay in shape because they've already had a bye week. So I'm not a doctor, obviously. Duh, I'm an idiot. I'm not a sports scientist. I'm not a sports psychologist. I'm not an expert, period, period. I'm not. Just someone who's been around the game for, for long enough now because look at all these grays. There, Every time I look in the mirror, there's more grays than there were the day before. But I think there's an argument to be made for why you keep guys in there, which is, one, I don't operate out of fear. I don't want my guys operating out of fear. Uh, they, they could step in a pothole walking down the street on a rainy day, right? They could get in a car wreck. Like, things can happen in life. Um, obviously, it's less of a risk if you're not playing football. But guys can get hurt in practice, and they do, and things happen. So I think there's a really fine line there of how you play guys and don't. But, Ben, one of my favorite rules in all of college football is that these young kids, these young cats, they can play four games whenever they want, and they're, they can still redshirt. Love, love, love that rule. Um, because you can get the, you know, the, your, your Chaz Nimrods and Caleb Webbs and some of these guys, uh, Taven Jacksons, you can let them play four games, and they can still redshirt which will maybe pay out huge dividends for your program three and four or five years down the road. So I love that rule, and I think if you get guys in the game, that's great. Um, but I take care of business for a half with maybe a couple of exceptions. I like your exception about Byron Young because that dude plays hard. You know what you're going to get from him, whatever. Um, and I would say the same thing about Tennessee's top two running backs. I would be careful with their usage because you don't have many of those guys and you're going to need them for the final half of the season for sure. So there may be a couple instances where I'm careful with guys. Um, but for the most part, I'd go out there and play football, man. Like it's, I don't, I don't like to operate out of fear. I, I but, no. but, but you can be stupid sometimes too. When you do that, you can look stupid in hindsight. Yes. No, I, I'm completely with you. Um, outside of a guy like Jabari small and, and Cedric Tillman, I, I'm playing the starters as long as they're healthy. I'm just saying once once they're up by four touchdowns, five touchdowns, I'm starting to pull guys. Whether that's yes. four minutes remaining in the first quarter or four minutes into the third quarter. Whenever we're at that four touchdown, five touchdown threshold, four score, five score game, I'm starting to pull guys. Uh, I don't care if it's the first quarter or not because at that point <laughs> – uh, UT Martin's not coming back. I mean, this is not going to be a competitive football game. I mean, th- this is a game in which the offense should put up 60, maybe even 70 points. And and I'll be curious to see if if old Mr. Heupel uh, throws up an extra score or two at, at the end when when maybe traditionally he would let the clock bleed. Because I, I do think that, that Ty Simpson recruitment got a, got a little interesting towards the end of of last season. So I'll be curious to see if, uh, if Heifel keeps the, the foot on the gas pedal, gas uh, pedal uh, a little longer than he typically does, but this game's not going to be competitive. And as soon as they get up by four or five scores, I'm starting to pull guys because I, I would not be able to sleep on Saturday night. If I'm Josh Heifel and I did not start to pull guys and somebody gets hurt, that could prove to be the, the difference in beating Georgia and going to Atlanta. Yeah, I, my, my stance on the score before we get out of here is that I, I don't think 
I think you run your offense. Now, if I'm running it with the starters late in a the game, then I'm, I'm being a prick. But if I have my second team and my third team guys in there and they are running my normal up-tempo offense, they're just getting game reps. And if the other team can't stop them, that's not, that's not your fault. You're getting your second team and third team guys reps. So with me, it's not – like if you're calling timeout with 30 seconds to go because you want your second team or third team offense to work on up like a no-huddle four-minute drive in case you need that later in the game from some of them or later in the season, it's not the worst thing in the world – but you're borderline being a prick. Like, you're borderline. You're right on the borderline. But if you're doing that with your starters, you're just a prick. At that point, you're just a prick. But I, I think if you are running early, in, you know, in the third quarter, almost all the fourth quarter, if you've got your, if you got Taven Jackson in there, dude, get him some reps. You got Caleb Webb, not, give him some reps. You want Justin Williams-Thomas, you want to see what you got there, give him some reps. These freshman linemen, Addison Nichols and some of those, get, get him some reps. You know, go out there and run your offense. Don't go out there and 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 get weird and 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 sugar huddle and do some things that you don't normally do. Let your guys go out there and play football. And, and the other team knows what 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 they're seeing. They see the film. They know what Tennessee does offensively. I, I would have my guys get those get those game reps while they can. Get them in front of. There may not be a hundred thousand people left in the stands at that point, but give them give them reps in that stadium at that pace. I don't think you're being a prick at all if you're just running your system with your backups. So I I, I wouldn't. You know, I don't know about style points and all that. Um, that could matter at some point, I guess, a little bit. But I, I would just – I would let the second team and third team run my normal offense. I'm, I'm with you. And maybe I'm making more out of the the Ty Simpson dynamic than, than there actually is. I, I just – I know that that got interesting down the stretch. Uh, simple – as as that and Tennessee thought, I do agree Tennessee with you. thought it was back in there. Tennessee thought it was in play, and yeah, it 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 was interesting. Uh, a lot of people running their mouth and wanting to tell everybody their business. Um, so I'd be curious to see how how that plays out. Because I, now the one thing I would add to what you're saying, I, I do agree with you. If you've got your second thirteen guys in there and and you're running your offense and they can't stop you, then then so be it. But what about deep balls? If Tennessee starts chunking the ball deep every couple of plays, I, I do think that's uh, a little bit different than just simply uh, running the offense. Because in those situations, don't we, you, we don't, saw it against Akron. Don't you want Nimrod and 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 Webb and those guys to, to get some vertical shots, though? Yes, but I expect them to be in the game before there's three, five minutes left of the game, quite frankly. See, and if, you're, talking, if you're, you're talking about avoiding cheap shots. Yeah, if, if if you're if you're taking deep shots with two minutes left in the game, four minutes left in the game, it's like it's like baseball. Are you are you still in bases in, in the the top of the ninth when you're already up? I guess you'd be in the bottom of the eighth, but are are you still in bases when it's the bottom of the eighth and you're the home team and you're already up by fourteen? Like okay, you're still playing, but stealing bases by up that much that that typically doesn't fly. That's true. Of course, now that we say that, watch Tennessee come out with just an all-time stink fest, and they end up having to play the starters into the fourth <laughs> I, quarter or something. I, I, because of the way they take care of business and their maturity, I, I don't think that will happen. No, and, and I, I think it's going to be a 4-5 score game by the end of the first quarter. I, I do, just because of how well this offense is is clicking. And, and UT Martin has been really good uh, under Simpson uh, there the last several years. It's, Playoff team. It's just a... Yes, it is. I think they're in the top fifteen FCS if 
if I'm not mistaken, this week 14. Yes, uh, I was looking at you, Signal uh, Timmy, and, and looking at my game uh, notes I, over I, here. I, I was trying. I was trying to be polite. I was just, you know, we're not. We're not. We haven't gone to. We haven't done the transition to the the PTV, the pivot to video yet. But I was. So I was throwing up the one four on Zoom. <laughs> oh, I appreciate. It. But you did it sideways to me, so I couldn't tell. Like when you got like this, I couldn't tell how many fingers you're anyways this is funny but uh they're a really really good fcs team that they are they have been for years and and coach simpson is a really good coach it's it's just a completely different level of competition in terms of the play the players that ut martin has and and the guys that that tennessee has so i I think it's going to be out of hand early and often especially with uh the way that tennessee's offense has has been playing and uh but i I was going to add i had this thought earlier while you were speaking this this can be my final thought is i i don't think it matters at all what the final score is on saturday as long as uh tennessee wins i mean it's not going to end up being a 7 10 13 point type of win for tennessee but even if it's a an ugly game from tennessee's perspective like you just mentioned and they only win by 24 30 points i'm not going to freak out i don't think anybody should freak out i i don't think that this game matters one bit because I think that they're going to try to get some guys in there that haven't played a ton this year, uh, get them some reps, see what they have in a, a couple of different guys. And that, that may lead to, to less points on the board than we expect. So uh, I, I would not, my point is I would not look into this game if they don't win by 40 or 50 points and say, uh Oh, I'm worried about Kentucky. Uh Oh, is this team going to be able to beat Georgia? Because I, I don't think that this this game is, is really going to matter. I, I almost view this as more of a bye week, quite frankly, than an actual football game. Remember, coaches like to use open date, not bye week, because they don't they don't take weeks <laughs> off. That's what they say, that's, right? That, that, might, that's true. No days off, Wes. Yeah, you might you might get shore leave for forty eight hours, like in the Navy or something. But but that's that's about the best you get during the during the season. But Ben, appreciate the time, man. We're going to be back on. Uh, on Friday, uh, and I we'll, we'll do we'll call it a UT Martin preview Friday, but this is basically more of the UT Martin preview Friday. We'll talk about the game for a little bit, and then probably have uh, some mailbag stuff because I I don't know my opinion could change on that, but I I I think that's probably the I think that's probably serving the fans a little bit better if we just call tomorrow a mailbag episode and get it up earlier rather than late at night. But we'll figure that out. We'll go from there. We will we'll, we'll huddle up. We'll go into a sugar huddle, and then we'll come out and we'll uh, we'll make the, the the right plan. So. Appreciate the time, Ben. Thanks, man. I appreciate you, and I will talk to you tomorrow back here on the podcast. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. You can also go uh, to twitter.com slash govals247 and facebook.com slash govals247 to get all of the stuff there, or most of the stuff there. We got stuff on there that we update throughout the day, all day, every day. Tons of stuff on there. All good stuff. But if you want that best, most delicious, that sparkling, delicious, crystal clear East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water right from the tap, go directly to GoBalls247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball coverage. We cover Tennessee baseball better than anybody out there. 
We got that for you. We got Lady Vols coverage with award-winning Maria Cornelius, who covers all things Lady Vols for us. You also get administration news. Basically, anytime anything happens over there at the University of Tennessee, we bring it to you at GoVols247.com. We also have two forums that run around the clock, the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go and discuss uh, anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be there to discuss it with you. Just about one of us is up just about all the time, at least, so you can go in there and do that. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's after a free trial, and that's always. A lot of times we have better deals than that, but at least we have the seven-day free trial, and then you can start paying us. And when you start paying us, again, which is less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, if you do that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the streaming arm of CBS, Viacom, Paramount, all of it. Get all of it right there. And it's, I mean, you got stuff, brand new movies, exclusive movies, exclusive shows. You get stuff from the vaults of uh, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, all of it. And obviously everything CBS has ever done commercial free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we'll put in your pocket for nothing. For nothing. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for less than 100 bucks a year. Guys, that is an unbelievable deal. So please, this is a great time. Go take advantage of that now. Uh, if you haven't heard from us uh, from a couple days, there's been a problem. We should be back here uh, in, in a couple days or so. You'll hear from us very, very shortly. Until then, guys, be good to each other. Be decent to each other. Please, there's not nearly enough of that in our world anymore. God, we are so mean to each other. Have some basic human empathy. Allow people their dignity. Try to be kind. Be good to each other. Until then, be good, guys. See you. Where's Wes at? I, I, he already put my comments out there, so <laughs> he, he had direct quotes. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.